Hey guys, this is Dondre. This is Elizabeth. Welcome, Welcome to Broad Roots. How you doing, Dondre? How's it going? I'm going good. It's been a pretty rad day slash week. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I just came back from a dance class where I danced to Beyonce's Sorry. Um, it was really fun and I looked a little special, but it was a lot of fun. So it's a good day. That's awesome. You got a little glow about you. That means you must have like got that good sweat in. Yeah, that, that nice sweaty glow that comes with like midsummer in New York. <laughs> So obviously we always discuss where we found our root this week and kind of what grounded us. So where did you find yours? I found my root this week in having three days off. So it's the booze birthday and we were supposed to go up to Woodstock to stay at this nice little cabin and I had it all planned out and I was like super excited. But then like last minute some stuff came up with apartments for real estate and that's kind of always priority because you know gotta pay the bills but it was good because we were able to fill the time with things that we hadn't done before like we went to long beach together and um we had we stayed all day so we had like a great time there and then we came back and we had plans to go see the new born movie with my friend geetha but it was just like way too like we were too sun killed <laughs> like we just laid and like fell immediately asleep at I think like 7 30 which was kind of whack but whatever but then you know we went to a great dinner we went to a movie so it's nice getting some catch-up time because we don't have any days off together anymore mm-hmm. um so it was nice to have three in a row so it was like catch-up time with the boo thing and I got new ink so that was cool Aww. um I, it's a very cute tattoo, guys. You guys can't see it, but I'm looking right at it. Maybe we'll post it for you. Maybe we'll we'll Instagram it a bit if you want to see it. Um, but, you know, it's a tattoo that I've been wanting to get since the start of the year. Um, this, gr- this crazy, crazy illustrator, John Carling, does these amazing ink sketches. And this one was called The Summoning. And this year... I felt like from the beginning of the year, like I really wanted to focus on growth and really making things happen for myself. And I really felt like this particular illustration really embodied that and really sort of also captured that childhood uh, dream world that I always had as a child and all of his work does for me. So I really was excited about it and I got it and I love it. Oh, that sounds so lovely. I love when even in like even when your plans don't work out something good still comes of that and that you manage to like take advantage of the fact that you two had days off and you don't really get to see each other and like it's summer in new york you know it's like what else can you do but go to a beach and like be half naked you know under the sun that's amazing yes yes. it was it was great i was gonna i had that moment where i put on my new one piece and i was like i look like an egg but (laughs) After getting over that and being like, well, you're a cute egg, I didn't give a shit, and it was cool. Yeah, I'm just like, you know, going to the beach, I feel like especially the first time that you go, you know, every summer, it's always like, oh, God, I gotta take my clothes off, this and that, but it's like, 
you see people of all shapes and sizes at the beach and like they're rocking their fucking, you know, two piece string bikini. Like, why can't you? It's like not even about that. It's not about being sexy. It's about feeling good and comfortable and like enjoying the weather. Like you're not going to enjoy the weather, you know, wearing a fucking turtleneck in this heat. Like you need to not be wearing clothes. Well, see, that's the thing. See, I prefer to actually not wear a suit whatsoever. (laughs) Um, That, so I feel like sort of, constricted I don't like to wear I don't like to wear clothes at the beach actually um and I usually I usually go to Reese Beach because it's not a big deal there apparently now it is though but it hadn't been for years and so we would be able to go there and be Mm. pretty much nude and it not be a big deal um but we wanted to go to like a nice beautiful clean like beach during the week so we went out there um and it was lovely it was lovely and Egg or no egg, I had a great time, and it was very rejuvenating. That's awesome. And your skin was fine? Like It was. Sun. I put on a crap ton of sunblock, and it was ironic because it was the day after I got my tattoo, which is like the worst thing you're supposed to do, but I covered it with gauze and called it a day, and it seemed like it worked out pretty well. Um, where did you find your route this week? So I'm going to talk about several different things. Two are pretty positive and one just kind of came out of left field this morning. So I've been kind of a little um, shook up by it. But I, this is so corny and crazy, but I found my root in cold brew coffee this hey, week. Man. I love that. It has changed my life <laughs> and just changed the summer. You know, I think like there are so many people that I know that are like, oh, coffee is supposed to be hot, this and that. And it's like, I love iced coffee when it's this hot out like I I'm sweating in the morning like I can't be drinking a hot beverage and Clayton and I were just like you know what like let's look this up let's try to just experiment and do this recipe and we've made it like two or three times now and it is a game changer it is so good and we're kind of like coffee snobs a little bit. I've like, noticed. I love, I just, I love it. Like, I love buying beans. I love grinding them. Like, that's something that I recently started doing um, when we first started dating because his mom buys beans and, and grinds them. And, like, I would go over to where she lives and for breakfast, like, have this delicious, fresh, you know, cup of coffee that tasted unlike any other kind of caffeine that I've ever consumed. And it's, the flavors are just so strong and aromatic and delicious and I was like I need to fucking get this into my life so we've been doing that and that has been a game changer I recommend everybody you know who is willing to like spend a little bit of extra money to have like really good coffee do it be patient let it sit it is delicious and will change your day and also it gives you like a crazy caffeine buzz where did you find this cold brew recipe I'm curious off the internet (laughs) was it pinterest no it was i just just google you just googled it i think jamie oliver like came up first and then like some other random recipe that i did because i mean they're all the same it's like the only thing is that you have to grind up a shit ton of coffee i think Mm -hmm. more than you normally would make um so that it can kind of like make up for the fact that it's not being brewed with hot water Mm -hmm. um you end up uh, grinding a lot of beans for like not that much actual liquid but it's still delicious and I have no regrets so I definitely found my root in that um also I don't think that you know this I don't know if I told you but Clayton and I became domestic partners the other week officially officially so we went down to city hall and it was so cute and sweet and like 
a really meaningful step in our relationship. Um, we are surrounded by people who are engaged or getting married and like that's something that we're interested in down the road but like we're not ready for that but we've had conversations and it just felt like a really meaningful next step to take and also them insurance benefits ain't no joke mm -hmm. just saying um and yeah the whole experience was like really nice we woke up early and went down to city hall and it was just it was a friday in the middle of summer and like everybody's getting married and all these women are just there in their beautiful white summer dresses you know with their partners and it was just such a happy beautiful place to just sit back and like observe and people watch and see these people you know commit to one another on this beautiful friday morning you know in the middle of like july and it was just it was a very beautiful sight. So if anybody has a chance or is interested in getting a domestic partnership or getting married at City Hall, there's just this energy there that is so contagious and will just like bring you so much happiness. I don't know. And I'm also like obsessed with like wedding aesthetics and just like seeing people, you know, bring their personalities into their own wedding day, whether that's wearing a white dress or a green dress or whatever. And like these girls, you know, and like the men too, like everybody there was just looking so cute and like unique to themselves and their style. It was just really cool to watch. That's so cool. I've seen, I've been to several um, oh, city hall marriages so since I've been in New York and it's always so wonderful. Like the vibe is so good. And it's, as you said, there's so many different types of yeah. people from you know, from like literally white shorts and a white tank to like sequins. I've seen all of oh those God, things. Oh my God, when I was like there, I saw sequins too. Um, so it's, it's really beautiful. And I'm so happy for you guys. That's so awesome. That's a great next step. And it really suits you guys as a couple, I think. Um, like where you are yeah. and... Like, you have a beautiful relationship, and that's so cute that you're taking it to the next steps. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations, Clayton. I'm blabbing, guys, but this has just been on my mind, and I can't shake it off. So this this morning, I woke up to text from, like, last night from my cousin, who's my age, who's, like, three months younger than I, ha than I am. And we've always had, um, I would say, like, a pretty competitive relationship, and... That kind of manifested in different ways while we were growing up, and I think due to distance, like as we've gotten older, like that hasn't really been present. But I am surrounded, you know, my older sister, you know, has two kids. My younger sister is currently pregnant and has another kid. My cousin, who's the same age as my sister who's pregnant, is also pregnant. And then I woke up this morning, and my cousin, who's my peer, a fellow 25 year old, is also pregnant and it's like Jesus you know congratulations if you listen to this like that's so exciting but for me I'm making it about me because I can only make it about me um, it's just like made me really reflective and like think about you know my family and like what they perceive as um, things to celebrate and how that changes when it comes to me and like the things that I do versus the things that the rest of my family does. And every time something like this happens, it always kind of, it always makes me crazy because it's like, it is such a happy thing. It's so great. 
And as a feminist, it's like you, I feel like every woman should have their choice to live their life however it is that they want. But at the same time, part of me is like, you're my cousin, like you're smart, you know, you just started this career. I want you to have that career. Like, can you have that all with like being pregnant? Like, I don't know what those logistics are. And like, frankly, they're none of my business. But like, I guess there's a morning of, I guess, like the life that I want for people and the life that I have that then isn't really appreciated in comparison because it's not something that my family and the culture that they grew up in deem as like accomplishments. And so that kind of, you know, has been with me all day and I've been trying to kind of communicate it and think about it and, you know, really reflect on it. But it's just kind of eating away at me because it's so exciting for her, but like it felt nice to have somebody you know, like when her sister got pregnant, I texted her, I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, she, she just recently got engaged and I was like, it's just the two of us. Like we're the ones who like are not pregnant. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just the two of us. And now it's like, oh, cross another one off the list. And now it's like me and my 15 year old. bites the dust. Yeah. And now it's just me and my 15 year old cousin who's like 15. So I hope, you know, that's not happening anytime soon. But yeah, that's just on my mind. And I, I, totally I feel get it. It's weird. Well, the first thing I will say is you are at that age where this is going God, to start happening I more know. and more and more to you. And by the time you're my <laughs> age, you're really viewed as like a spinster if you're not married and have a kid. Like I can't for the past eight years now, this is also probably because I'm a woman of color. Um, but people like, you know, it's a thing where every Mother's Day people are like happy Mother's Day to me. Like they just assume what? that I'm a mother um, because I'm of a certain age or because I have a certain body type or whatever. It's just one of those things people assume eight years, at least um, every mother's day, several people just assume that I have kids. Um, But also it all comes back to that sex in the city episode, right? Where, you know, the her Manolos are stolen from mm-hmm. that party. And a woman's like, right to shoes. That was the first episode that I ever watched. By really? The way. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. So yeah, and she and she ends up registering for her pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. It at the time I totally got it, but I didn't get it nearly as much as I get it being in that age group now, mm-hmm. because it is true. People don't celebrate you yeah. in the way that they celebrate other people. Just even down to. You know, my partner and I have been together for over five years now. We're not married. That's an active decision that might happen down Mm -hmm. the road. But it's not anything that either one of us are, like, freaking out about at the moment. And it's just, like, a thing where we're just not quite as legitimized. I mean, the fact that we're queer gives us a little bit of leverage. But people are weird about the things that they celebrate and specifically um culturally mm-hmm. a lot of of people of color place things in like being married mm-hmm. being in the church being having a child a certain type of way having a child uh continuing the family name mm-hmm. and all of these things and at the end of the day it's like you have so much to be proud of you're one of the most proactive productive people I've ever met and you're only 25 years old you know most people or a lot of people that I've met at that age are still like floundering around Mm -hmm. trying to figure it out and yeah we all have a a certain element of that but you're a person who gets things done and that is something to be applauded and you're a person who lives life to its fullest and lives out loud and 
that is something that a lot of people are not capable of of doing no matter how old they are and a lot of people aren't capable of living in their truth when it is something that goes against like the family's values so you should be applauded for that and congratulations to your cousin and to those people in the family who have chosen a different path but I think that it's really important that we realize that you know this is going to sound terrible but you know I once again I work in the service industry and motherhood has become this sort of rite of passage that is like viewed as mothers are like a certain level of human being that's not the same as another level of human being and it's like really the only difference between me and someone who's pregnant is they got knocked up you know what I mean it's not you know there's all this elitism that comes and all of this weird like you should mm-hmm. move heaven and earth for me because I have this child and I've ceased to being be, ceased being who I am because I have this child and I hear this a lot from mothers even that they feel judged by other mothers they feel judged by them families and their themselves when they say being a mother is not enough for me like mm-hmm. I love this, but I also love my career. I also love who I am. I also love to smoke pot or do this or do that. And it's viewed as like, once you become this mother, like that's who you are. Um, I was watching Happyish the other day and one of the lines, the woman, you know, she said, I'm not a parent. I'm a person who is also a parent. Mm-hmm. And why is that not okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like, you know, we put a lot of pressures on each other, but... Even though you're going to have to process this over and over because, like I said, it's about to be a thing where it's literally <laughs> like all your family and friends are having babies. Um, I think as your peer and as someone who is a little bit older than you, I am always in awe of how great you are. So don't let it get you down, bud. Thank you. You're welcome. That means a lot. Sometimes external validation is needed in order to like remind you that like okay it's like you may not be getting it from the place that you want to but it's like you're still being appreciated absolutely i appreciate you and you know what if you had a kid you probably wouldn't be able to just go to a beyonce dance class (laughs) on a whim you know you have to find someone to watch that kid so twerk it out that's right I love you. Thank you. You're welcome. I love you. So yeah, guys, that's where we found our route. Uh, where did you listeners find yours? Please share it with us. Let us know. Um, are you experiencing some of the things that we've talked about? Are your friends getting engaged and pregnant? And do you feel left out? Or did you have a few days off? How did you enjoy them? Hit us up. Um, find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email us. Call us. You know the deal. So you guys all know that this world is crazy bones and we needed a way to talk about that. There's been so much happening in the world in just the past two weeks that we could not let go. So we've decided to create a new segment called What the Fuck is Happening that will allow us to bring things up, to vent about some things, and we would also love it if you guys would add your own things about 
what the fuck is happening. Um, and the first thing on our agenda that we want to talk about is Tay-Tay versus Kim and Kanye. <laughs> and we're just going to do this kind of like lightning round. So we're just going to spend a few minutes on every topic. So clearly we're not going to be able to break it down and go super in depth about them all because we just want to acknowledge all the crazy shit that's happening specifically in the United States of America. So Yes, let's talk. Kim, Kanye, Tay-Tay. Um, I'll just start off by saying that I love Taylor Swift. I love Kim Kardashian. I love the Kardashians. I don't give a fuck. Like, I used to watch them all the time. Like, they would be my go-to at the gym. Um, I think that, you know, people have the... Um, are so quick to be like, oh, oh, Taylor. Oh, cute white girl from Pennsylvania. She's so innocent. Like, she never does anything wrong. And... I kind of rejoice in her being fucking caught, you know, with this whole thing, even though I do think that some of the Kardashians stoop really low on Twitter, you know, just like talking all this bullshit. Celebrities got involved where they really did not have to be. Um, but it was satisfying to like, not that I necessarily want anybody to be like brought down, but you know, there's this whole idea of like, you know, um, the the game that the Kardashians play, the the game that Taylor Swift plays and just like, her being kind of beat at it, you know? Well, here's the thing. Like, all three of them are very good at what they do. Mm -hmm. Kanye is a sick-ass producer. Even though I want to smack him upside his head He's most of the time, he is good at what he mm -hmm. does. Kim Kardashian knows how to slang that ass all <laughs> over the interwebs. For and, real. you know, I'm not mad at it. Mm -hmm. I'm not mad at it. As a woman, I feel like you present your womanhood mm -hmm. in whatever way you want to. And if you can get some coins for that, get yeah, that make shit. that money. And she has done that. They now have an empire. And it's all run by these women. And I can't mm -hmm. be mad at it. It's not my shit, but work it. Tay-Tay, there are several songs of hers that I will get down to, <laughs> and I'm about that life, and I don't give a fuck. However, she is Darth Becky. Mm -hmm. We know this. She is the Beckiest of yeah. Beckys. And, you know, everybody wants to always run to her defense and whatnot. And what Kanye did years ago was wrong. Yes. He, I think he was correct in what he said, but I also really liked her video. Yeah. Not but also, nothing. it's like... Beyonce doesn't need a defender, and it certainly she, doesn't need to be no, you, buddy. No, she can. She knows how to speak for herself. She don't need a daddy. <laughs> um, but also, this this is a larger conversation about how that played out. White girl tear mm -hmm. shit don't Big black work, man. and you have made yourself look crazy to the world and that's what you get because what happens is when people pull out them receipts like mm -hmm. kim kardashian did yep then you be looking crazy why don't you just say yes i knew about it yeah. like squash it and call it a day now you're like spinning webs and spinning circles you got calvin harris coming looking out being foolish. like um I don't know if all them other people are the one but i'm not the one so you got caught and i'm here for it and if you're not already following me on Snapchat, Snapchat, you should be. Wingy face. <laughs> okay, next topic. Leslie Jones, hate on Twitter, Ghostbusters, bros just freaking out about it because there's women on screen, you know, remaking this classic. Um, and Leslie Jones being fucking trolled brutally, violently, disgustingly, racistly so on Twitter. Go. Well, first and fucking foremost, all I have to say is it is a specifically 
black thing to be called an ape, mm-hmm. a gorilla, any kind of primate. It's been a thing since we were brought to this country and it is fucking ridiculous and it's just a bunch of egocentric little shit bags that have nothing better to do than to assault her and then create profiles to make her look like a homophobe and it was an actual assault and I think Twitter was really fucking whack in the way that they Mm -hmm. handled the situation because there's Free speech is one thing, but hate speech is another thing, and assault is another thing. Leslie is still not on Twitter right now, and I can't say that, you know, I would come back if I was her. But you know what? Calling her barely literate when she has a job that is enviable to pretty much anyone in the U.S., and just because she doesn't speak the way that you think she should speak or write the way that you think she should write is fucking bullshit. I'm so sick to death of people telling black women how to talk, Mm -hmm. how to write, how to speak, when to be heard, when to be appreciated, when to be validated, when everybody wants to suck on that tit and get all of everything that we have to offer and then throw that shit back in our face and pretend like we're not shit. Because you know what? We're not buying it anymore. It's over. There have been years where black women have put themselves last and put prioritized everyone else in front of themselves. And that shit is over. It's over. So you little sick little dick bags that are so used to being your mama's number one, you can just suck it. What do you think? Boom, mic drop. I don't even know how I'm going to follow that up, but I'm going to try. First of all, I watched Ghostbusters. That shit was fucking hilarious. I can't wait to see it. Um, you know, there were some problems with it in terms of plot. The whole Leslie Jones race thing, her being an MTA worker and not the scientist. It's kind of acknowledged in a funny way. Like, there is a race comment that just kind of is hilarious. And if you need to find a way to get away from all the crazy shit that's happening in the world and you want to stare at fucking Chris Hemsworth in those nice little nerdy glasses shaking his butt, I suggest that you go and watch it because it is brilliantly hilarious and we all need a fucking laugh and we all need to go and support Leslie because what happened to her was completely unjust and you know props to the people her peers those in the celebrity sphere who stood up for her Paul Feig you know started this whole hashtag love for Leslie J which we participated online and you all should as well and like all the people that were just like this fucking woman is fantastic and like designers like Christian Siriano from Project Runway who were like oh nobody wants to dress you I'll fucking dress you because you're beautiful and you deserve to fucking look just as beautiful as you are walking the red carpet just like everybody else who is blonde in a size zero or a negative zero you know gets to do and so this really just speaks to the racism that is still present in Hollywood that people just want to kind of put under the rug and not really acknowledge. And I think that Twitter, although they were delayed, I'm glad that they, you know, finally got rid of this guy's account. I can't even, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Milo Y is what I'll call him because I'm not even gonna attempt to say his last name. You know, it was the delayed response. I know that people are hating over that whole argument of it being free speech, First Amendment, this and that, but you know what? If you're going to fucking defend the right to talk shit and say all these disgusting things and troll this one black woman online, then fuck you. Like, you're going to defend that and not all this other shit that, you know, is like more important when it comes to free speech. That's bullshit. And we're now we're going to move on to the next topic because we are on a time crunch. 
Uh, next, our next oh, wait, topic. Oh yeah, no, you're going. I just like restart. Is this. uh Melania Trump oh, and her borrowed speech. First and fucking foremost, <laughs> I want to say bullshit. Ain't nobody dumb. Y'all knew where that shit came from. I don't know how much homegirl. Oh my god. Who took the rap for writing the speech? Got paid off to take that rap, but yeah. uh. That shit was crazy. And all you idiots who are out there saying that Michelle Obama got in some kind of fucking time machine mm-hmm. and stole the Trump from the the speech from Melania, I don't even know what to do with that. And to all you dickbags who are saying that Melania Trump will bring class back to the White House, class is one of those dog whistle terms mm-hmm. for whiteness. And you know what? Fuck you and your pretend bullshit. There's no one classier, no one classier than Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. And it damn sure is not somebody who fucks Donald Trump for money and Boom. poses with a fucking G-string and a gun in front of a plane. Like you want to talk about the first... If Michelle Obama posed in a G-string... Oh, forget it. Fucking forget it. So all of you double standard ass bastards can suck it. The one thing I will say in her defense is I'm sure there's a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. to stand up there on that stage and deliver that speech. And you can say whatever you want to about her, but don't make it about her accent and don't make it about her immigrant status. Mm -hmm. Because really, you know, she's a woman who deserves to be up there just like anybody else. And her broken English is just fine because I know. Uh, I don't. I don't know. What grammar? I don't. She, she speaks five languages. I can barely speak yeah. one. So I'm, it's not about that. It's about own your shit. Own your shit. Yes. What I will say about that is that number one, the memes that fucking came out from this whole situation were hilarious. Oh my god! Unbelievable. Thank you for these memes, but fuck you for not supporting Leslie Jones. Um, second of all, it was not just Melania. Like, Donald Trump's son was also caught plagiarizing some speech. Well, he's an idiot in general. It's ridiculous. And I have a theory, you know, that maybe is true. I don't know. That somebody is present in that campaign that's there as an infiltrator to kind of, like, fuck shit up. I hope that's the case. Oh, no. I Because there's that. no way. There's no way that in any fucking political campaign, shit is not being checked and something as overt as straight up copying and pasting words from a speech that was just like that was used literally by the same by a person who would have the same role by the fucking first lady soon to be potential first lady you know it's unbelievable like if if college essays get checked on like turn me in like there's no way that there is not equivalent for that when it comes to campaign speeches you like there, that so? shit was intentional you, uh, you i can't believe so? it it's not but donald trump's own damn family didn't get it together to register to vote vote for him but he's supposed to be in charge of the country so anyway yeah that's crazy also fuck you donald trump okay next topic um hillary's vp nominations came out uh the other day and i frankly am disappointed because I was really, really hoping that she as, you know, a, the first, like, woman, Democratic nominee, like, somebody who has real potential, and God, I hope, you know, will become the president, uh, the next president of the United States. Like, I thought that she 
had real potential to like use her platform to continue having diverse people, you know, in her staff and like representative, you know, as the leaders of this country. And I was disappointed that it wasn't Cory Booker, you know, Senator Booker. I was disappointed that it wasn't Tom Perez, you know, who I listened to an interview on on Keeping at 1600, where I think he's Dominican. He's he's amazing. He's great, like super grassroots, totally gets it, is with it. And I was like, fuck, how amazing would it be to have, you know, like a white woman and like a person of color team like how badass would that be and so i i can't say that i know much about you know the person that she did select um tim kane i i don't know anything about him but i was like fuck like you know it's it's like too much you know to to have like that's too much diversity well, up she, in there she's trying to get that that white, white male yeah vote back. and i get and that but it's it, like disappointing it will help her win that vote but it's gonna hurt her with everybody else because at the end of the day, it's like everybody's already looking to accuse her of being one thing or other, mm-hmm. a robot or yeah. this or that or liar and this. And it's like, well, now you just line the shit up for them. And at the end of the day, I was already having trouble trusting mm-hmm. her and now she's made it much harder. At this point, uh, she's... With me and my vote specifically, it's kind of like I'm 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 still looking for a C box mm-hmm. because I feel like now with that nomination, now I'm really like you fuck well fuck me. What I will say about that, and I understand, you know, there's so much political commentary on Facebook and social media, and like amongst you know my friends, and I respect, you know, that there should be perhaps like more parties and just like Republican and Democratic, like I completely understand that. But at the same time, my personal opinion is that it is a joke for people to waste their time voting for like the Green Party. The Green Party. I'm sorry. It's, that's not happening. Even if you got every fucking person who was registered as an independent or whatever to vote that way, that is not sufficient. And so, you know, in turn with that, people who are choosing not to vote because, you know, neither of the candidates are ideal, that is a fucking vote for Trump. Like, I'm sorry. You know, I, I know that people believe differently and that's fine. It's America. Like, we can have different opinions. But fuck, like, I am so terrified when I stop to think about the current state that we're in politically. Like, sometimes, you know, with all this shit going on, I have to, like just not read an article and choose to be ignorant. And it's like, I don't want to live in, in a country where I'm afraid to know what's going on politically. And that's not to say that Hillary is an angel. You know, there are very much questionable things in her track record. You know, this whole email thing, shit with like the original Clinton administration. I get that. But fuck, like, let's be real here. Let's let's put it down and be real, like, Hillary is 100 times better than Donald Trump could ever possibly be. He is not a fucking politician. He is a bigot. He is a bigot. That is the only word that you can use to describe him. He hates everything. He preaches hate and like just, you know, really stop and think. And even if you think that the system is fucked up and broken, you know what? It's not the only fucking system you know, that functions that way. And I think that everybody who can should exercise their right to vote because there are many people in this country that just cannot. And by not voting, 
or by voting for the Green Party, you are voting for a fucking racist hatist who is going to impose all of his bullshit on people who are innocent and who do not deserve any of the treatment that Donald Trump has described, you know, implementing should he fucking win that race. Vote your conscience, guys. Even Ted Cruz said it. Or what he didn't say, rather. Okay, I can't even, I don't even know how to begin discussing this. So, you know, yet another black man has been shot by the police, this time in North Miami. Um, This time he was laying down. He had his hands up. He was not at all carrying any fucking kind of weapon. And bam, video show, like whatever it is, if you are in any way in doubt that there is some racial shit going up in this country, Look at that video, watch any video, and you will see that it is not about people acting suspicious or having violent tendencies or, oh, you know, they were wearing a hoodie and they were perceived to be dangerous. That is some fucking bullshit. And I just don't even know what to say about it. Like this guy, um, Charles Kinsey, he was a behavior therapist that was working with somebody who has autism. Like, what the fuck? This person was like, a saint, a member of his community, working with his community, you know, like a good person. And in the eyes of the police, anybody who is black is a target. And I, I don't even know what to say. I'm it's, so infuriated. It's, it's infuriating. And it also speaks to a larger issue of how the police deal with people with mental health issues. You, someone who has autism, you coming out with a weapon at them. Yep. Them not listening to you potentially you don't see them as human. You don't see them as someone who might be having some kind of issue or might need to be spoken to in a different way. Like the training needs, these people need to be trained on how to deal with someone who does not automatically comply. And that way of dealing should not be like to escalate the shit to some intense Mm -hmm. violence. There should be other tools that people are given to deal with these these people. Now, what history has taught us is that even with those two those those tools if the skin is brown they still won't be utilized yep. but at least they should have these tools because this this is just unacceptable in every way lying on the ground hands with your up. hands up how could you possibly be a threat yep. how could you possibly you would have to first stand up and put your hands down to even start being a threat. It is absurd. And there's nothing else to say about it because it's so fucking ridiculous that there's nothing else to say about it. Yeah, I will say that when I was talking to Clayton about um, this segment and what we put on it, I was like, oh, and you know, we're going to talk about the most recent shooting. And he was like, oh, which one? I was like, he's like, oh, the one in Dallas? And I was like, oh, no, the one in Florida. And he was like, oh... Um, he's like, you know, the stuff at Orlando Pulse. I was like, no. And it's like the fact that there's so you have to be so specific and break it down and talk about, oh no, it's this one that happened there, and you know, to this community and not that, or to this one person, not a group of people, and that happened by the. It's like it's surreal. It's unbelievable that this is the country that we're living in, the times that we're living in, and. I just like keep going back to the question. It's like, how 
how bad does it have to get? Like, how many people have to die at the hands of, of the police? How, how much bloodshed does there need to be before things change? Before it, somebody at least fucking gets, you know, sentenced. Like, before... It's... It, I don't know. I, I guess, like, so worked up. Like, I can't even speak because the the denial surrounding these topics from not just like people but communities at large and institutions and corporations <clears throat> NRA it's crazy well and stop and please stop with that black on black crime oh, shit God. please stop with that shit because if you have heard that term i want you to think i want you to think in your mind if you've ever heard the term Asian on Asian crime or white on white crime. Have you ever heard those things? Or or uh Latino on Latina crime. <laughs> have you have you heard those? No, because the shit is racist. Mm. People who live in an area with people like themselves are more likely to kill those people because they're next door. And you know what that really speaks to? The problem of integration in this country mm-hmm. in general. And economics. Our neighborhoods are not integrated. That is why people are killing people of their own races because that is who they live with. So do not, do not repeat that term ever a fucking again. Please don't. Cut it from your vocabulary. On this same topic, the last thing we're going to talk about is the violent arrest of Breon King in Austin, Texas. Now, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name correctly, but I will ride for her in a correct way. Mm -hmm. This woman was a teacher. She was pulled over for speeding. She pulled into a parking lot and she was going to go inside a store. So she gets out of her car because she was going to go inside a store. The, the officer comes to her, tells her that she's being pulled over for speeding, tells her that she was not going into that store and that she only pulled in that po- parking lot because he was going to pull her over, tells her this as if he knows her fucking life, then proceeds to insist that she get back in her car, put her feet in her car and close the door. This woman was all of 90 pounds. She was tiny. So and she was like, why do I have to close? Like, what is going on? She was really just confused. And I, he took that as resisting. And I'm so sick of other cops saying that non-compliance is resisting because it is human nature to ask questions mm-hmm. when something ridiculous is going on and you don't understand he proceeds to pull her out of her vehicle and throw her to the ground not once but twice she looks like a rag doll then when she is upset and she is in the back of the police car Another officer then proceeds to tell her he's going to break it down to her while why black people are targeted. And he mm-hmm. says it's because he says violent, violent tendencies. tendencies. And he talks, he wants to tell her all about bl- how black people he are more violent. He wants to mansplain and whitesplain. He wants That's to exactly m- what he was doing. At the same exact time and how we're more violent. And let me tell you something. Let me just make this very clear for anyone who thinks that black people are any more violent than anyone else you know who are the most violent people in this fucking country that is white people not all white people but let me tell you something the type of shit that i see these cops doing i would never never think to do the type of images i see of black people being lynched surrounded by a 
a crowd of smiling mm -hmm. white people. The type of cruelty we just discussed of people creating a whole violent campaign against Leslie Jones to make her feel less than human. There are only one type of people who do that. It is not everybody. I know. I know enough people and I have enough intellect to know that one person does not represent an mm -hmm. entire racial group. Mm -hmm. So how dare you say that we are more violent? Because you might want to check yourself. If you're talking to her about violent tendencies, you're the one who just pulled her out of her fucking vehicle and threw her to the ground twice. I am not anti-police, but I am anti-bully. And there's been a lot of fucking bullying going around. And just because you were nobody in high school or you were nobody in college does not give you the right to go out and get a gun and, and play Halo in the streets. Get it together. Yeah, and this happened in Austin, Texas, which is a predominantly white city in Texas. And so, you know, any person of color is immediately like, oh, who's this? What are they doing here? Blah, blah, blah. And I just hope that the city of Austin is really coming together and, you know, fighting for this woman and against what has happened because it has to start locally. It has to start, it has to begin and start with the community that you live in and that you're a part of. And I hope that, you know, this woman gets the support that she needs from Austin the way that Austin shows up to like see any freaking folk band playing on a Friday night because she deserves all of that and so much more so guys that was our what the fuck is happening segment explore for this week um like Dondre said in the beginning of the episode we really want to bring we really want to make it a continuous uh part of our show and so if you have any ideas as to what we should be talking about is there anything that we you know didn't bring up or you know ways that you want to contribute to the conversation please let us know we are always looking for listener feedback we want to make sure that we're talking about things that you want to listen to and create discussions around these topics so please let us know for future episodes if there's anything that you want to you want us to talk about and we'll post up some questions about these discussions on our facebook page when the episode is out as you know we always try to highlight the women in our lives that we are inspired by that we whose work we love and um you know, we really want to just give them a little shine because Lord knows we don't get enough in this life. Uh, so, Elizabeth, who's your broad of the week this week? My broad of the week is Nelly Galan, who is a writer. Um, well, she is a lot of things. She's an entrepreneur. She has run television networks. She is a content producer. And most recently, she is the author of this book called Self Made, which is a self-help book um, that is really focused um, towards Latinas and women of color who have like an entrepreneurial spirit and basically pushing them to be self-made. So basically to kind of do what we're doing, which is making our own content and, you know, doing what we want to be doing and, um, you know, follow our passions and have a side hustle if we need to just like make it work and get self-made. And it's been a really inspiring read, um, but she just has 
you know, all these resources surrounding the idea of getting self-made. So she um, is the founder of this nonprofit called the Adelante Movement, and it's all, you know, resources and videos and questions and this and that about how you can take your you know, ideas to the next level. The book is very engaging. There's a bunch of different exercises. There's a bunch of stories. Um, she, I just recalled, she is Cuban. You know, she talks a lot about having like the immigrant mindset, which is kind of just like, you know, making shit happen for yourself because it ain't gonna happen, you know, just sitting and laying around. And it's been really great and, um, validating in many ways for me because it's like you know we're doing this podcast that was very much a venture in like becoming self-made even if that's not what we would have used to describe it before I read this book and doing something that really feeds our passion our interest and like you know hopefully one day can maybe like profit from but ultimately you know we've become self-made by like creating content that serves people like us, people who are part of our community, people who share our interests. And she's, you know, she's my broad of the week because she's gone so far in her life, like coming from Cuba and turning at Seventeen Magazine, you know, being the first female president of a television network at Telemundo. Like that was like really big. And in her book, she just shares all these little tidbits of advice and inspiration. And I just want to say thank you because I've been reminded that my interests are worth pursuing and that, you know, I do have purpose outside of my nine to five job that I, I love and I enjoy, but it's up to me ultimately to make my ideas come to fruition and to make them happen. And it's up to me to become self-made and I recommend it to everyone who really is in a creative rut or is stuck and is looking for a way to move forward and to be inspired and to get started because that's ultimately where we all kind of, you know, we all succeed at like not doing stuff, right? So totally. it's so easy to just be like, oh, well, I have this to do or I have that to do. And as women of color, you know, we've discussed so much that it's like we bear the burden of like taking care of so many other people before taking care of ourselves. And self-care is a way to definitely deal with that. And I think part of self-care is like allowing yourself to explore different opportunities and explore the ideas that you've had, you know, just swirling around in your mind that you've written down in your journal and to move forward with those and try to implement them and try to collaborate with, you know, a friend or a peer or whomever and and get self-made. So thank you, Nelly, for writing your book, for being such a pioneer in your industry and for creating a space and a movement for women to come together and really, you know, make shit happen and get self-made. Hashtag self-made. <laughs> I'm really excited to pick up that book. That sounds like yeah. exactly what I need right now. I'll lend it to you. It's a little, it's a self-help book. So, you know, sometimes I'm just like, yeah I'm like kind of rolling my eyes sometimes because it's just the nature of that you know it's like super motivational and inspiring and sometimes I'm just like you know the New Yorker in me is like, like so kind of like all right I get it um but yes I will lend it to you afterwards because I think it's it's um very motivating and inspiring to read Nice. So, yeah but what about you who's your broad of the week my broad of the week is actually Leslie Jones 
Um, Get it. You know, most people know Leslie from SNL and her work there, but she's actually been doing comedy for years. Uh, she went to college on basketball scholarship. Wow. And she, they there was like this little, you know, competition for comedy. And if I remember correctly, she did it sort of as a bet. And she did it and she killed and she loved it. So she decided to flip the script and just pursue what she loved. Um, and actually, she got her big break through Cat Williams. He let her um, headline for him. And she was in like sort of a rut and like a, a, a real financial rut. And she was trying to figure out what her next move was going to be. And he was like, I got you. I'm going to take care of everything. You're going to be good. I want, I'm going to fly you out. Like everything's good. And so... She's always been a person who would ride for him when people are talking like crap about him and whatever. Cause she's like, you know, he is someone who is so generous mm -hmm. and I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for him. And then I recently saw her on the, on, um, the view as well. And she oh. got really emotional thanking Whoopi Goldberg for showing her, oh. you know, for being someone like her because you know yeah. at the whole point of this podcast visibility is so important so right important. and she is now that person for other little girls which is what makes this assault on her so much more hurtful mm -hmm. so i wanted to um take this time to talk to her personally like leslie i know you probably won't ever hear this podcast but I want to tell you that I know what it's like to be fodder for hatred. And I know what it's like to walk through the world in skin and in a body that people constantly tell you is nothing and is unworthy and is here for their amusement and their torture and their dismissal. And what I will say to you is that to me, you are beautiful, you are brilliant, and your smile creates so much joy in me personally and for so many other little girls. And I just love you and I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry that the world is so cruel. But you stay strong in who you are Stay steadfast in what you've created for yourself. Because what we all know is that we don't get any help. We have to create this shit ourselves. And you are self-made. And you have created a career and a life for yourself that is enviable mm -hmm. by all these trolls who attacked you on that day. And never, ever, ever ever for a second doubt that you are beautiful from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet the whole package i love you leslie oh i love you leslie too that was beautiful dondry it hurts my feelings so bad i know what it's like and I'm not on her level, so I can only imagine you think every time you think that you've gotten there, that you've done enough work, there's always a brigade of people, of those specific people lining up to tell you that no matter what you accomplish, you will always be nothing 
and you will always be viewed that way and it's really hard to fight but I really I really think that she is just she's hilarious amazing and yes she plays roles where she's not necessarily the most brilliant one or she and she makes jokes that are for black people Mm -hmm. and black people only and that's okay Mm -hmm. the same way Woody Allen writes for New Yorkers Mm -hmm. and specifically New York Jews yeah it's poignant because it speaks to something and our humor while I know that it is envied and I know that I hear how loud and boisterous and crazy and why are they always laughing and why always and you know why that's because we have to shake you off so shake them off Leslie that's right and I think that with everything that happened to her on Twitter and just like all the criticism that she has faced thus far I believe that it's made her stronger and honestly I think as a result it's given her so much power because now she has while she's experienced the hate and you know the nastiness and negativity of so many people there's also been so many who have just stood up and supported her and been positive and just sent her so much love and I think that at the end of the day what I hope she manages to hold on to is is that love that light that positivity because that's what's going to keep her going and you know what bad shit happens and it can give you power especially in Hollywood because you know, now she has had so much publicity surrounding her that I'm sure, and I hope, and people are crazy if they're not, but I'm, I'm sure that people are just like throwing money and projects her way so that she can continue, you know, sharing her talent and her art and her craft with the world and making shit on her terms. And then, you know, waving it in everybody's face who fucking called her an ape or called her ugly or called her this or called her that because you know what, bitches? She's the one who's going to be making money and she still has a group of people who are going out to be specifically seeing her work while y'all are behind on your computers and your mommy and daddy's basements typing up angry words on Twitter. Who's winning? And as Cheryl Underwood said on the talk, if they want to call you an ape, swing from the vines of success and chomp on those banana bonuses that you're getting for all that work you're doing. That's amazing. I (laughs) love you. I love you. I love you. You're brilliant. You're beautiful. And for all you self-hating black folks who are talking shit about her also and her appearance, grow up, rise up, let that shit go and love yourselves too. That's right. And that is our show. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. We love you guys. Um, if I don't even know what I'm saying. If it's you been know, a long oh ass yeah, day. It's been, it's been crazy. <laughs> uh, but if you know abroad or have abroad in your life that you you know want to honor that you think is noteworthy or if you want yourself honored, we would love to hear from you. We want to hear about every kick-ass woman there is out there let us know what you're doing hit us up yes and please give us a follow on facebook twitter instagram we're gonna have a website up soon so we'll give you the address for that as soon as it comes out and 
please feel free to email us broadroots at gmail.com with suggestions if you have things that we want to talk about or people that we should feature and bring on let us know this is a group effort a collaborative effort and we want to make sure that we are providing you with things that you are interested in and voices that you want to hear from uh, also, because we both are individuals, to see what Elizabeth is up to, check her out on www.thatswhatee.com. And you can see what Dondry's up to at www.dondryburnham.com. Uh, this episode, episode, this episode was produced by us, Dondry Burnham and Elizabeth Estrada. It was also edited by us at my house, so please excuse the random sirens, birds, and upstairs stomping. Yeah, we're in Brooklyn, so things get a little crazy sometimes. Original theme music by T.R.O. Williams. And remember, when it comes to empowerment and visibility, we're your broads. Till next time, guys. Cheers. Also, we've been sitting in a hot New York apartment without air conditioning so we can record this episode without that sound. So we clearly love you guys a lot. We do it for you. I'm sweating. I got a moat under these titties. Swamp ass. <laughs> <laughs>